the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Monday, November 14th, 2022. As we head into hour two, the number is 602-508-0960. Love to hear from you. The hour is clear for you uh, to open the lines on anything you've been thinking about vis-a-vis the elections or really anything else. we um, If you missed my monologue on it with some thoughts, a little cynical, a little skeptical, uh, they were in the first hour, and you can always get those at 960thepatriot.com. We were examining with some callers and listeners um, in the last hour uh, why the wave didn't come as we predicted it did. And what explains it? What are the reasons for it? That's one part. The other part is a big note of caution here. Careful how we um, careful how we frame what exactly is before us. Don't let uh, a win of disappointment turn into a victory dance by the other guy. They're already doing it. Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden are uh, well. She's praising him. Uh, for uh, for keeping the Senate. Let me say something about the Senate for a moment, too. You know, last week we said uh, all minds should be on Georgia and they should be. Um, If you have uh, if you have an opportunity to help in that Senate race in Georgia, I would urge either physically or financially or any other way to do so or try and do so. Uh, Maybe we can all uh, by uh, by Scott Pressler, a, um, a a mobile home in Georgia, to to try and save that Senate seat or rest that Senate seat, I should say, from Wafile Warnock. Why? What's the use? People will say you don't know is the answer. You don't know. Um, right after '94, two Democrats in the Senate changed their party affiliation. Richard Shelby became a Republican, and Ben Nighthorse Campbell from Colorado, I guess it was. Uh, became a Republican. Um, you never know, God forbid, something happens um, and a governor who's a Republican is in a state where uh, he or she can appoint a Republican over a Democrat that might have been sitting there. That That is the law in some states. You don't know. Um, Jim Jeffords uh, switched. He went the other way. I guess it was after 2002 and changed the, uh, changed the Senate makeup. These things can happen and you know, I don't want to put all this or too much hope in one basket, but as long as we're doing circular firing squads a little bit here, the Democrats are too. Uh, there's a lot of hit pieces out on Kirsten Cinema not doing very much for the Democratic Party. They keep pushing. Uh, you know, she could caucus uh, independent. She could uh, caucus. She could change. I, I, I don't know. I think changing parties is a lift, but. I guess after this past week, nothing should surprise. Nothing should surprise. Um, But I'm I'm toying around with different theories and different ideas why the wave wasn't as big as it was. But we did win the House. It looks like we won the House. And it won't really matter all that much by how much. 
Why that turns into a victory for the Democrats, I don't quite understand, except that maybe we set the expectations too high. And maybe that's something we need to think about. We were discussing with a caller in the last hour. Was it Mark, maybe, in Cave Creek, I think? If you were um, looking at this only two months ago, only in September, I don't think anyone thought the Senate was in play. That was only two months ago. And if you were looking at the concept of the red wave, the idea of the red wave, which came in the last two and a half, three weeks of the election itself, you had to look at the individual races. With few exceptions, the polling was awfully narrow. It was awfully close. We were expecting a red wave based on small victories, weren't we? So the question has to be asked, um, I think, Given the um, indicia of what we were all living through, what we all saw, the down economy, Afghanistan, COVID shutdowns and the downwash from it, education, um, education assessments plummeting, mental health crises rising, uh, drug overdose deaths at uh, peak rates, unheard of rates before drug poisoning deaths, I should call them. We we were all living through all of that. And then, of course, crime. And then, of course, illegal immigration, which I understand uh, one party cares about more than the other. But even if you take it out, I just gave you five or six big things we all observing take place and happen in this country, resultant from one party and one party only. The question isn't um, necessarily just how come we didn't win more. The question really may be, why were those polls so narrowly um, so narrow in the first place? Wh- you know, why? Wh- I don't think I don't think there was a poll. If there was one, it was only one. I don't think there was a poll that had Blake Masters beating Mark Kelly. Um, the Carrie Lake's polling was be- having her beating Katie Hobbs, but. But not by the numbers that everything I said should have indicated. Should have been doing it by 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 double digits. Everyone should have been doing it by double digits. How the hell do you explain the Fetterman win? I get that Dr. Oz may not have been a great candidate, but he he was articulate and he was smart and he was, you know, not the Democrat and he was not the guy who gave us or was supporting all the policies that we were talking about. Um, There were some races that showed um, something I think we Republicans need to take really to heart and to brain very seriously. Um, Let's not forget that I thought at least one of the most, if not the most important race for keeping our quality of life and dealing with a lot of at least the social uh, and cultural issues uh, we were detailing was the county attorney's race, our district attorney's race. Rachel Mitchell handily won that. How many times did we say on this show that this may be the most important race in the state in some respects, in some respects? And she won that handily. One that I think we really need to understand is why some of these school board candidates uh, that we were supporting that were going after covid and shutdowns and CRT and sexualization of our children. Why did voter turnout beat the other big Uh, races by like 13 points. Why was voter turnout going in like the Scottsdale School District Board race? Why was that 13 points higher than Senator Governor? 
Shouldn't that tell you something? Shouldn't that tell you something about where we need to be focusing a lot of our attention and a lot of our energy, at least if not in those races on the issues that people care about in those races, the issues people care about in those races? Again, um, my thesis until uh, I'm convinced otherwise, and I'm open to it, is that culture and values matter most. Um, the children, um, the issue of children and what was done to them mattered most. The people that talked more about it than the economy did better. Um, it can be a part of the economy. The economy can be a part of it. But the economy, um, I think for a lot of people, is a coming and going thing. It's not a permanent thing. It has its own you know, variables to it. Um, you have uh, people who do very well in economics who are Democrats and people who do very well in economics that are Republican. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to make the economy um, a fixed or a fixable partisan issue, not if taxes are off the table. Spending, sure. But when's the last time we really animated people just on the spending issue? When's the last time we were able to do that? When's the last time that um, that got people to storm a hill? But they'll storm a hill for their children, and they'll storm a hill to protect their family uh, businesses, and they'll storm a hill to protect being able to work to support their children and feed their families. I think they'll storm a hill over race issues. They'll storm a hill over... Um, uh, shifting the responsibility and the upbringing of the children from the parents to the state. I think they'll storm a hill over age-inappropriate content for their children. And I think to the degree that we focused and the races focused on those, they tended to do a little better. Yes, there's a money issue, but then again the question is why was there a money issue? Yes, uh, Democrats spent uh, outspent Republicans by an awful lot. But then again, the question is, why? Not that the Democrats did that. They are the big money in this country. But Republicans have a lot of money, too. And the notion, as we talked about in the last segment, uncomfortable truth here, I think, I think an uncomfortable truth here is, while it's easy to blame um, Mitch McConnell for not spending in a lot of these races, the actual breakdown tells a different tale. Almost $300 million of his pack was spent on MAGA candidates throughout the country, much more than uh, Donald Trump's pack spent on them. So these are questions that I think we need to take seriously if we're going to take back this country seriously. 602-5080-960. Let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you are concerned about stock market volatility, our friends at Y-Refi, our sponsors, have an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you choose. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You are paid monthly. And there are no fees. It's a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high 
fixed interest rate. How high? Up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right. Up to 10.25% rate of return. A due diligence approved firm. You can check YRefi out at investyrefi.com. It's the word invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. You can meet with them. They're a local company. They won't uh, do a sales pitch. They leave that to me. They just like talking about what it is they talk about. 602-508-0960 is our number. Tom is holding down our Dallas, Texas branch. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hello, Seth. How are you? I'm fine, sir. How are things in the in the, in Texas? You're doing well? Oh, cold and rainy. Yeah, but cold politically a little better, Texas. right? Yeah, politically much better. Hey, I wanted to ask your opinion on something that I read about today that I I'd never thought about, and maybe your listeners um, haven't thought about it either. Um, the issue of uh, Ukraine funding and the inability of senators to know and and congressmen and us to know where those monies are going. Um, could those monies be laundered in Ukraine and come back to the United States as dark money funding Democrat reelection efforts? So I... I there there's this it's part is this not part and parcel of this uh, protect, this FTX story a little bit maybe yes yeah. yeah that that that's what I've read uh, in connection with that okay. and it really it uh, I don't know if your other listeners have read about that but it's a pretty interesting story and if it's true it it really is shocking because the FTX uh, 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 guy, what's his name, uh, uh, Blankman? Uh, what, what's his name? I don't have that uh, name right. I don't. Yeah, remember, I'm not saying he, it right. I don't. Supposedly have, on a flight somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I apologize. I don't have his name no, right. But he put a lot of money into Democratic. Uh, yeah, Blankman Freed. Okay, close enough. Sam Blankman Freed put a lot of money into Democratic uh, uh, into Democratic coffers. And there is a story uh, having to do uh, with investment from uh, and monies in Ukraine. Now, I don't know more than that, Tom. Um, I just okay. don't. But I'll, I'll tell you what, if you give me uh, if you give me more than more than this phone call to look into it, I'll do it. I'd be happy to. And I'll hang up and continue. to listen. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tom is uh, excuse me. Tim is in Phoenix. Hello, Tim. Hey, Seth. Hey, as far as the election goes, to me, it's just simple math. You and I both know that 35 percent will always vote Republican. The other 35 percent will always vote Democrat. It's that middle 30 percent. And when that middle 30 percent drives around town and sees Blake Master signs and Kerry Lake signs, that with Trump backed on top of those signs in a purple state like ours, it's going to be hard to get even half of that 30 percent to go our way. Right. I, I follow you that there is a kind of a fixity to people's ideologies here or 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 preferences. Right. There's there's there, yeah. th- 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 that it's going to be awfully hard to move, you know, the dyed and the wool. But there are you know, there's 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 that there is that other 30 percent or so or 35 percent or so that don't necessarily vote predictably Democrat or predictably Republican. Right. And Seth, if you look at, you know, look at our 35 percent of Republicans that will vote every time Republican. But if you look at Trump's popularity 
it was only around 35%, mm-hmm. 40%. Yeah, yeah. There, you're not going to get the middle 30% with that low popularity. And these are both Trump-backed candidates. So we were kind of screwed from the beginning in a purple state. You know what I'm saying? I think that it was a really mixed bag how much – uh, how how much tying yourself to Donald Trump was or was not going to help you. And it may have depended more on place. I, I think it's a really mixed question. Um, I myself am beginning to think that um, some of his uh, interferences may have may have really harmed a lot of otherwise winning candidacies. There are these stories. Yes. There are these stories coming out about him watching a lot of the debates of his candidates and if they weren't sufficiently um, if they weren't sufficiently praiseworthy of him uh, if they didn't speak in superlatives about him or if they weren't sufficiently uh, strong on the issue of 2020 having been fraudulent he really lost his cool with them and and he really started threatening he really did make it about all that and yes. I and and I and I I have a lot of thoughts about it, Tim. A lot of thoughts about it. One of them. Seth, it'll work in it'll work in Ohio, which is a red state, and it did with JD Vance, thankfully. But in a purple state like ours, well, I you know I I think there's something to that, Tim, and and I think it mattered a lot more, frankly, than the abortion issue. I really do. I think it mattered yeah. a lot more. I think that um, people can tell yeah. me I'm wrong if they want, and we can have it out a little bit. But mm-hmm. I just I think when you combined that two years later, continued talk about fraud in the 2020 election and marry that yeah. to what the Democrats weaponized on that, which was the January 6th hearings, all of it absurd. Don't get me wrong, but they did. And democracy being in peril. I think it mattered. I think it. Ma- I think the Democrats played that well, and I and I think some of the Republicans didn't play it quite very well. I really do think that, and 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 I think we just have to come to terms with that. I think we have to come to terms with if we think we won when we didn't, we're missing the ball of how to win. We're missing how much we are disliked. We're missing your point, Tim. We're missing your point. That Donald Trump was only ever really liked by less than 40 percent of the country. We're missing that if we keep thinking and telling ourselves he was the clear and convincing winner in 2020. May or may not have been. The time for discussion of that is long gone. Right. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Tim. Um, And I may be wrong about that, but it seems we can hash it out more. Smitty. Hey, (laughs) Smitty. How are you, brother? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, there's a break. Let me let me hold you. Let me hold you. Let me hold you. Be patient. We're told patience is a virtue, and this is a very virtuous audience. So we will be right back, and I'll get right to you, brother, and others on hold as well. And always room for more, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Smitty, thank you for your patience, sir. So I was going to say, the reason the GOP ticket lost, are, there are abundant reasons. I'd like to focus on one, and okay. that's leadership. Okay. Because that's where it all falls. It's at their feet. And if you tell me that 
Mitch McConnell spent a dollar on Lisa Murkowski, uh, he should be fired on the spot. Period. End of story. And if if the Republicans continue this leadership and continue with Mitch and leader leadership, then there's no point in going to and voting in 2024 because we're going to lose again. Our leaders are going to take us down the same path. So you got you want a different path? You change the leadership. They failed. Did you see this piece Mark Tiasen wrote in the Washington Post on Mitch McConnell's spending that I was referencing a little earlier? It's pretty interesting. I did. Yeah, I didn't really see the piece, but I've heard enough discussion. And just the concept, the absolute concept makes me ill, physically ill to think that he spent a dollar on Lisa Murkowski. Okay. And, and, you know, obviously that was a dollar that could have been spent on Blake or you pick them anywhere else. Okay. Uh, Lisa Murkowski, uh, she should have been primaried out. Um, okay, so she survived that. But to spend money to perpetuate Lisa Murkowski uh, is just absurd. So I think, and, you know, we actually had this discussion months before the election about who's the leader of the Democrat Party, period. Barack Obama. There's no question. Nobody's going to disagree. And, and who, who does the bidding? Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer? That's crystal clear. Who's the leader of the Republican Party? Well, you know, what day of the week is it? Uh, You're you right know, about that. I, I totally agree. I totally agree about that. I totally agree. Absolutely. So I'd, li- I'd like to crystallize it by saying this. I do not think that... How do you explain Republic- Fetterman? How do you explain Fetterman? Well, I, I think both leadership, messaging, and um, that there are a bunch of crazies. I mean, at the end of the day, this country is a 50-50 split. Yeah. So it's not going it, to – it's razor's edge. Yeah. So there's yeah. an awful lot of money and an awful lot of effort and an awful lot of leadership that has to be focused to move very few people. But those very few people will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, the we told I believe that the Republicans totally missed the play to the uh, eighteen to twenty nine. Totally demographic. agree. Totally agree. Totally agree with you. Absolutely. You know the right. free. We thought, oh, free money. Oh, yeah. that's unconstitutional. That's, but you know, there are other ways to go. To How about taking those college endowments and paying off tuition with those? Well, well, we know all, all of that, but but the point is really the messaging to that demographic was clear. It played to you know I believe abortion and the student loan issue, and the, and and they and they had a machine that went out on college campuses and got that vote to deliver. Yeah, what about okay, our college but, efforts? What happened to our college campus recruiting efforts? So, exactly So right. again, exactly I, right. I want to go back. I don't think the prime, a Republican primary is the place or the time to be finding your leadership. I think Donald Trump and, you know, you know, I like the guy. I know him personally. Um He's not a perfect human being, obviously, but airing your dirty laundry in public, it never has a good result. Nope, it sure doesn't. Uh, it sure doesn't. You, so, you're right. So where, the, so where the Democrats meet 
quietly. Yep, we don't. And then, Absolutely. And, I mean, yeah, I'm going to talk to Brandon about this. He put up an interesting uh, tweet, kind of kind of an interesting tweet saying, uh, let's get rid of primaries. You and I and, and the audience have been through this before. Why, why are there no why are the Democrats not beating themselves over the heads through the primaries? And by the way, raising mo- not having to raise money in primary fights that they can use and save for a general while we have eight candidates for the Senate. Or something like that. I mean, why are we? Why do we continually do this? And why is there no candidate recruitment? I could recruit ten great Republican candidates if I had the ability, but I don't. I mean, we there are great potential candidates out there. The Democrats understand that for their party, sort of, <clears throat> a little better than we do anyway. I don't know why we're not doing it. Thanks, Smitty. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. I think we've had, uh, yeah, several calls from out of state today. I love it. Uh, We are a uh, national show based locally, so we'll now go to our South Dakota affiliate. And Greg, hi, Greg. Good evening. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the time and allowing me to get in here on this uh, nice night. It's awful cold up here. Where where in South Dakota are you? Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, I've been. Okay, yeah. Yeah, southeastern corner. So yes, we're almost sir. Iowa, we're almost Minnesota. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a little question for you, and maybe not too difficult, but uh, I'm confused from our perspective up here, watching from what what's going on with your state down there. <laughs> uh, your Kimberly Yee, um, the the lady that runs for your state treasurer yes. office. Yes. Uh, right. Does ever is everybody just really love her? in Arizona, or what's the prognosis on her? So she ran against someone with zero name ID who didn't really mount a campaign. She was an incumbent. Uh, She has been a very popular state legislator for many, many years here. Um, And um, she has a, a, you know, just a nice countenance about her. Um, I've been in rooms where she speaks. She's got all the energy and delight of what you would want in a in a Republican candidate. Um, and I've never heard anyone ever really say anything negative about her. But she ran. They, the Dems just didn't field anyone or any campaign against that office for her. So um, I think it was a combination that uh, she she's someone with very few negatives. Uh, against someone with no name recognition that the Democrats didn't put any money into anyway. I think I I don't mean this to take it away from her, but it is a lot easier when you're running against a a placeholder candidate, if that makes sense. Exactly. And so my perspective appears I've been studying this stuff for a handful of days now. It seems like this has gone on for a year, but um, I've been watching the ballot drops as they go off the uh, Secretary of State's website. And I've been kind of watching where they're being placed and who they go to and look at the proportions and see percentages that you don't readily see on the TV or on the news. Right. Uh, I've been listening to a handful of your guys' different shows, Charlie Kirk, yourself, and a few others, just trying to get kind of a yep. update. Yep. Because we're kind of in the we're we're a little behind you guys technology wise up here in South. Dakota. Hard to believe, <laughs> actually. <Yeah. laughs> but I'll, if you tell me that, I'll take it. Okay, we we're beating pretty, South pretty, Dakota technologically. Okay, I'll take okay. it. <laughs> well, not too terrible. Okay. But yeah, pretty basic. So what I'm looking here is what I'm seeing is kind of uh, if you you gave exactly the answer I was hoping to hear about Yi, and I didn't find anything or look anything negative aspects about her, but 
she's setting a record right now for the state of Arizona. She's yeah. actually going to set a record uh, for multiple elections across multiple states. Yeah. After this is said and done, she will be one of the first Secretary of Treasurers to bring in more votes for herself individually over any other candidate in the state. Yeah, I think that's um, right. I think that's what it looks like right now. Yep. And, and to me, that's an odd number because I've been going through every state in, in the uh, nation right now that has all of these different parties running in the same from governor to senator to secretary of state to AG. And I can't find another state besides Iowa that had the treasurer position yeah. rank a little bit higher in the voting deal. So I'm kind of wondering how she can get 1.3 million votes. Yeah. And then Carrie Lake and a handful of the other ones are literally trailing behind her by a long way yeah. on the same ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it, it's it's a perfectly uh, good, uh, good observation. Again, um, you know, she she had the benefit of no opposition to be to speak of, you know. Um, so she last I last I looked, she was leading by over 200,000 votes or something like that. Last I looked. And exactly. yeah. And and, you know, but, easier to do when you don't have opposition. Um, let's 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 also point out that the Republican races that are so darn close, uh, mostly our governor's race. Um, yeah, Carrie Lake drew a lot of incoming. I mean, she was nationally targeted. Um, she she did have yep. not a great candidate opposing her, but an awful lot of damn money behind the candidate opposing her. Um, exactly. And and, I, you know, I will I will tell you this. Um, Carrie Carrie's Carrie's campaign polling. I, I think I'm right about this. You know, we all expected her to win. She was winning in every poll, but not by not by double digits. And she should have been not by double digits. And she should have been. And, you know, I this is why this is why I'm just I'm just beginning to think, you know, we aren't South Dakota. And you have, by the way, a governor whose story I think needs to be told more than any story in Arizona. Um, I think your governor, if I'm not wrong, Greg, won by like 30 points. Yeah, she, but in the thing, you know, with Christy up here running, it's it's fairly similar to what you'd make the comparison in the treasurer's race. Her her opponent was very, very hard left. He wasn't Democrat, and that's not the value. So they put a placeholder there against her. Okay. But yeah, she, but and, she and, only and, won by three points last time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and she was kind of new to the whole situation, so it's kind okay. of rolling in. Okay, fair you enough. Know, new and new that. And our state's been transitioning a lot like the states that surround us, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota's slowly getting there. We've seen a lot of um, a lot of conservative value Republican people getting into office and just— some of them are eking by. Uh-huh. They were kind of under the radar. But uh-huh. I really, I really look at what's going on in your spot in Arizona, and I just can't believe that she can be 1.3 million votes over Mark. A Kelly lot of people. Hobbs a lot of people. Yeah. Insane. So a lot of people did what some people will call an undervote. You know, a lot of people voted in races uh, for some Republicans that they just didn't vote for for others. Some of them just yep. didn't make the sale. Some of them just couldn't close the deal. Um, and, and you'll see that if you, if you, if I think you understand what I'm saying, if you look at that, obviously secretary of state and governor is one thing. Look at the Blake Masters, Carrie Lake, uh, separation, you know, Carrie Lake got a lot more votes than Blake Masters. Uh, what was that about? Uh, you know, at an ideological, uh, from an ideological perspective, um, you would think, how do you not vote for both? Some left it blank. Some, some exactly. did that with other races as well. Um, I think I think the candidate quality mattered. I think the issues they spoke about mattered too. 
And, you know, also, you know, there's another thing about Treasury. It is purely economic and the pure economics suck. You know, the pure economics of the if you were only voting on economics and nothing else, this would have not been a red wave. It would have been a tidal wave. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so she ran for treasurer. And that, you know, that 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 makes you kind of go R as well. Can I add a comment to the – well, the previous caller had asked, and I think you had asked him about how the Fetterman thing added up. Yeah. Um, I have I have a little bit of a story that's related to that. We had a senator, Tim Johnson, in South Dakota yep. here who, while he was in office, I believe, he did suffer a stroke. And it was a very similar situation. We had a voting base that put him back in the office purely because they felt bad for him. There's a sympathy so, factor that you, yeah, that, yes, yes, th- yes and, there and is. And you see people constantly making fun of that Fetterman guy when it's, there is a tipping point to that. that are popular. Yeah, there yep, is. they were they were pushing too hard, and they just kept. It was I I said it was this very similar when they made fun of Donald Trump for eating steak with ketchup. Sometimes, pushed, yeah, no, it's a fair. Button, there's something there. I don't know how much, but there's some points in there. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, who was it, David? Who was the minister who said sometimes the best way to prove a stick is crooked is not to denounce it or yell at it but just lay a straight one next to it who said that i can't remember his name off the top of my head someone will know it but there's some of that too greg bless you for calling from the great state of south dakota love to hear from you again thank you sir Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and it still remains a common-sense investment. That's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You already want it. What you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. That's the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. Proud supporters of this show and this station fighting for your right to financial privacy and stability that gold offers. Trust the dealer I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already know the Midas Gold Group. Give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Bill is in Scottsdale. Hello, Bill. Hello there. Um Good to talk to you again. I don't know if you recall, but I introduced myself originally to you as the grammar Nazi from Minnesota originally. <laughs> I, I ha- Yes, thank you, sir. Yes, I do. I do. The, the, okay. I remember it well. Yes. Okay. Well, well, I'm, I'm back. And um, first of all, I, it's good to hear that you, you got to, I was you've got some listeners from from around the world and around the country. Yeah. And, and I. And I'm glad they're listening to you because you're a great source of information. Oh my gosh, you're sweet. And, uh, and I'd you. like to even mention, I'd like to sort things out in, into two two lists. I've got a spreadsheet, and we've got the facts list, and we've got the emotions list. And on the facts side, which is what Carrie Lake primarily listed, was the border, crime and violence, homeless camps, fentanyl, hating cops, Lawlessness in general, I equate that with godlessness because I feel lawless people don't have any consciences or any concept of our Judeo-Christian values, um, and, and hating Trump and the economy. And, and Kerry Lake addressed all of those in a very compassionate... I agree with you on that. I agree. That yeah. I've been saying, yeah, she spoke to the cultural issues as much as the economics. Those that did that did yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it I'm, made a big I'm difference. And, and the children, don't forget the schools. She talked about the education. She talked about the assaults on our children. Um, she was a good cultural conservative and spoke to those issues in a way a lot of candidates were just kind of allergic to, Bill, or didn't know how to do well. Um, I know a lot of Republicans were hesitant to speak on the abortion thing. She did a very good job on it. And she, you know, she put it in the she cast it in the pitch of choices, uh, which, you know, played off of a very large uh, crisis uh, series of centers here known as choices. And she did she did a masterful job on those things. I think candidates that spoke to the issues that parents matter about most did better. I just do. We'll see what happens. Uh, She's not a she's she's not out and she's not in just yet. We'll see. But uh, where we don't have a lot um, she she um, she she may very well prove to have been one of the uh, one of the few out of the Trump camp that figured out the secret sauce here. It wasn't. Um, yeah, exactly. Thank you. All right. Sorry, I have to run. We'll be right back. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.